Thank you for joining us for another value-packed Tenant Cloud podcast. In today's episode, we're going to cover three popular payment processors that people use today and the potential risks that are present if you're using them for rent collection. Whether it's the fact that you have zero protections for real estate transactions or that you are violating their terms of use, using these payment processors to collect rent could land you in really, really hot water. Before we get started, on Tuesday, July 27th, you'll have the opportunity to hear from a former military leader who has been a landlord for the past decade. His experience in the military gave him incredibly valuable insights into service and leadership. His experience and life in the military shaped how he successfully manages his rental properties to this very day. Be sure to tune in on Tuesday, July 27th, as he shares his stories. If you're using any of the popular payment processors that are around today, such as Zelle, Venmo, PayPal, or any of the other popular ones that are available today, usually in the form of a mobile app of some kind, you're definitely going to want to pay attention to a few of the things that we're going to discuss today, including the very first thing that we're going to jump right into, which is if you go to Venmo's website and look at their terms of use one of the very first things that you'll see it's front and center very prevalent it states can i use venmo to buy or sell merchandise goods or services their answer is you may use venmo to pay for goods or services using a venmo mastercard debit card at merchants that accept the card using in-store QR codes with select merchants or through mobile websites or apps that are approved to offer Venmo as a payment option. If available, the option to pay using Venmo will appear as a Venmo branded payment button at checkout or in some cases may appear after you select PayPal as your first or your payment method. Venmo may not otherwise be used to receive business, commercial, or merchant transactions, meaning you cannot use Venmo to accept payment from or send payment to another user for a good or service. And so I'm not a lawyer, but that is pretty explicit in their description that you are not allowed to accept any retail or any business transaction from another user through their regular mobile app it needs to be through a business website that you have set up a business authorized payment portal using the venmo api or other format and you have to or you have to have a retail spot where they can physically swipe their venmo mastercard debit card at your location to pay you and send you funds through the venmo system So that right there is uh, one of the first things, and a lot of people just don't read their terms of use. It's just, it's a convenient way to pay. You've sent or received money to people before, and it's like, okay, cool. Well, that's a quick way to do it. I get the money really fast. Let me go ahead and just have my tenant pay me through Venmo. And so that's just the first one. I just wanted to bring that up front and center. And the reason that I want to discuss this is because it's become very prevalent, especially amongst uh, newer landlords and uh, 
people who are just getting started in the real estate industry. And so it's very important that you don't get yourself into hot water, especially early on in your real estate with building your real estate uh, business. And the first thing that you have to really make sure that you've got is a solid payment processor that offers protections. It's not expensive to use. It's not taking a lot of your money amongst other things. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump into the other uh, items that we want to cover here today. Uh, we usually try to keep these podcasts to 15, 20 minutes or less. I know you have a busy day, so I definitely appreciate you stopping by and spending time with me. And so the next issue that comes up for each of these payment processors is the transaction limits. For instance, Venmo has a limit of $3,000 per day that can be transferred from your Venmo account to your bank account. So automatically, if you're managing more than one or two rentals, then that transfer amount immediately becomes a pain in the neck and an annoyance to use if you're limited to only transferring $3,000 per day from your Venmo account into your bank account. And so that's another thing you want to take into consideration is the transfer limits. And so in the specific case of Venmo, uh, that's definitely a huge issue. The next issue is personal accounts. Even if you were able to use any of these payment processes, if there's terms of use allows for sending funds back and forth for business purposes, None of them allow you to do that through their personal accounts. And I have seen many, many, many landlords using personal accounts because there's no transaction fees. And so that's definitely something that is tempting for a lot of people to do. But you're risking losing your entire account, possibly permanently, if you're using your personal account to collect business transactions. And so you want to make sure that you check your account. If you are not being charged any transaction fees, then chances are you are on a personal account. And if their systems detect that you are uh, sending or receiving business-related funds, they're going to shut your account down. And that could be a very permanent thing. It could even be a lifetime ban from the platform. So definitely not something you want to risk. And I'm sure there's other potential legal issues that could arise if you are caught doing so. Uh, again, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not sure what other uh, implications that may have. But just due to the fact that it is in their terms of use, I would imagine there's additional steps they could take that could have serious ramifications down the road. The next issue is once you have set up a business account on these platforms, all of them charge fees and they're usually significant fees, usually upwards of 2.99% plus 30 cents per transaction. I know that as of right now, both Venmo and PayPal charge those fees. Zelle varies, but they still do charge a transaction fee depending on your financial institution. And so there's a lot of fees involved once you are set up as a uh, proper business account. And so once you do that, at that point, there's a lot of other cheaper options out there for collecting rent funds and sending money to owners and so on and so forth. And that's where platforms like Tenant Cloud come in because, for instance, on Tenant Cloud, as of right now, you can send and receive money with zero payment transactions at only at our plan, the standard plan at $9 a month. And so... If you're paying $9 a month and you can send and receive funds with zero transaction fees, 
automatically that's cheaper than sending or receiving thousands of dollars for rent through any of these payment processors that we're discussing. And so uh, that's, that's the next point. There's other serious issues though with collecting rent through any of these payment processors or any payment processor that's not specifically designed to be used by landlords because landlords have a unique situation in how they have to manage their payments and from tenants. And so here's a few of the things that we want to cover real quick. One is you have zero control over rejecting or declining payments with pretty much all of these mobile app-based payment processors. And what I mean by that is you cannot control if a tenant can pay you or not. And so in many regions across the United States, if you are in the process of evicting a tenant for non-payment of rent or for any reason really, but you still allow a tenant to pay you rent for that month or for any prior month, even if it's the tenant just sends you a dollar, that can bring your eviction process to a screeching halt because you have now accepted a partial payment from the tenant. And so the court is going to look at that when the tenant brings it up and say, well, you're evicting the tenant, but yet you're still collecting rent from the tenant. And in many regions, you are not allowed to continue to collect rent from a tenant if you have entered into the eviction process. Now, there's different scenarios where that may or may not be applicable, but it's important for you as a landlord to know if that is applicable in your area or your city, and in many places it is. And that is a huge problem that could cause you huge headaches down the road and cost you thousands in dollars of rent that's lost. So definitely something worth noting. The other issue is that all of these payment processors heavily favor buyers in disputes. And in this case, the buyer is the tenant. Their, their primary users are the individual, not necessarily businesses. It's individuals that are routinely sending and receiving money to each other and using them for business transactions. So if a user, for instance, has been using one of these platforms and they buy something or pay for a service and then they contact one of these payment processors and say, hey, I never received what I was supposed to or I was defrauded somehow or whatever it may be, nine times out of 10, as if you ask any person who uses any of these accounts for business-related uh, purposes, uh, they're going to say that PayPal favored the buyers or Venmo or Zelle favored the buyer in the dispute. Uh, that's just from my personal experience and from those that I know. Uh, but if you look anywhere online, you'll see that there's a pretty fairly common trend amongst commentary online that that is the case that the buyer is the person that is favored in disputes with these payment processors. So another important thing to take into consideration when considering using these processors for collecting rent. In fact, if you look online, Zelle specifically states that they do not offer any payment purchase protection programs of any kind whatsoever, and that they will not reverse any authorized transactions or do anything of that nature. And so that's kind of, in my opinion, even more dangerous 
if a payment processor really doesn't offer any type of protection for anybody using the platform, even if money is sent to the wrong place or uh, it is money that their account was hacked and money was sent to somebody because it was an authorized payment from that account or whatever the scenario may be, there's a thousand different scenarios that could play out. And so the fact that there is no protection for anybody in these scenarios is kind of frightening uh, when you consider using the platform for something as huge as real estate transactions or rent collections. And that is actually another good point to bring up that pretty much none of these payment processors authorize the use for real estate transactions. And so you're going to want to look at each of their terms of use because in any payment processor that you're going to use because there are often specific restrictions when it comes to using a payment processor for specifically real estate transactions. And make no mistake about it, rent collection is a real estate transaction. And so in fact, a lot of them don't even allow you to use them for real estate transactions, period. And again, they can pick up, their algorithms can pick up on these because it's pretty obvious if somebody is paying you a specific amount of money every single month on the same date, that's usually a real estate transaction or a subscription of some kind, which indicates it's a business transaction. And so uh, if you think that you're flying under the radar and avoiding getting caught by their systems, uh, it's going to catch up eventually, and they will uh, find out that you're using the account for business purposes when you're not supposed to. And so uh, just some things to keep in mind and be aware of. Here's a few more points that are important to bring up as it relates to managing your rental business using one of these payment processors. The first one is, is you cannot set up recurring or automatic payments for these various payment processors. Now, PayPal, you can do that if you have a business account. You can set up automatic recurring payments. It's a little bit complicated depending on how you're setting it up, uh, but it is possible to do so. You also cannot, you don't have the ability to set up automatic late fees or grace periods or anything of that nature. So pretty much all of the core components that you would use these platforms for, you can't use them for. In fact, you can't use them to generate a tenant ledger at all. In fact, if you are using one of these payment processors, you're probably having to use some type of convoluted integration, uh, either with a spreadsheet or something of that nature, where you are generating some type of a tenant ledger for tenants. And you also can't send uh, tenant specific receipts as required in most regions across the United States. You're going to want to look into things like, do I have to be displaying their current balance? Do I have to display uh, what the line of items that they were actually paying for and so on and so forth. Because if a tenant is just going into their Zelle or Venmo or PayPal account and just sending you money, but there's no invoice, there's no line itemization, there's no documentation of if there's a balance or what they're paying first or if there's outstanding due and so on and so forth, all of those things uh, can present serious issues if you ever have to go to court and present documentation to a judge. Real estate has a very distinct set of laws that surround it, especially as it comes to rent management and rent collections. And in many areas, the court systems are not lenient at all when it comes to documentation on these things and what the tenant was able to see uh, throughout their uh, 
business relationship with you as a tenant of your property. Just wanted to touch on some of those things today in case you hadn't thought of them or maybe you know somebody who's using them and you want to pass this on to them to kind of give them some information that they may not have been aware of previously. But either way, you definitely want to make sure that you are using a payment processor system that is specifically designed for rental management and that you are not crossing the line in any area of your rental management business as that can have serious implications down the road. The benefits of using a payment process or payment platform that is specifically designed for tenants and landlords is the fact that you do have all of those things. You can set up recurring automatic payments. You can set up automatic late fees. You can set up automatic grace periods and you have an automatically generated tenant ledger with uh, tenant specific receipts for all of their transactions. You do have controls and you do have more protections and the transaction fees typically are lower, especially when it comes to tenant cloud and the terms of use. You're not in violation because you're using a platform that was specifically designed to be used by landlords or property managers. There are no transfer limits or if they are, they're extremely high so that your average landlord or property manager is not going to exceed those amounts. And even if you do have high transfer amounts that you need to be accommodated for, a lot of times these systems have methods for you to be able to get approved for those transaction limits. And the list just goes on and on and on. So the benefits of using a, a, a property management or landlord specific platform far exceed any of the benefits that you may have acquired for from using a payment process or even using it as a personal account in violation of the terms of use in for the re sole reason that you just don't have processing fees or that you get the payment the next day or whatever. So uh, definitely keep that in mind. I hope that you have found this uh, information valuable and that you can use it for improving your business or maybe helping somebody else improve their landlord business as well. So thanks for joining us for today's podcast and we'll look forward to talking with you next time.